Hooray, hurrah! Once again, the Greg Proops Film Club convenes here at Hollywood's most enchanting film experience, the Cine Family, located here in the Douche Canoe Tennis Shoe District. <laughs> where people waste their hours standing in line, hoping to buy tennis shoes to sell them later to someone else and whatnot. It is so awesome to be here tonight with Alan Pecula's, uh, the pinnacle of his Paranoia Trilogy from 1976, All the President's Men. Um, it's an excellent, excellent movie and has nothing to do whatsoever with today's circumstances. <laughs> this movie is all about two things, the downfall of President Richard Nixon and Robert Redford's hair. <laughs> Robert Redford's hair, uh, a general discussion of which will uh, lead you to the same conclusion, is the dominant force of late 60s and early 70s cinema. <laughs> we can start with Daisy Clover, where uh, he plays a, a potentially bisexual actor in that movie. The hair is starting to floof, but then it starts to take full form. And yeah, in Neil Simon's comedy uh, with Jane Fonda, whatever the name of that was. And... <laughs> Then, of course, by 1969, when he's in uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, um, his hair is dominating uh, early 20th century America as a train robber uh, with the best hair that any train robber ever had. He followed that up brilliantly, uh, of course, with uh, um, Jeremiah Johnson, where he was a man living in the wilderness who had perfect orthodonture and beautifully blown dry hair with highlights. And... Then, of course, after that came The Sting, where the 1930s uh, were portrayed with uh, music from the 19-teens. Uh, and uh, uh, Paul Newman had a mustache during that era, which was a very, uh, 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 was pivotal for a lot of us. Uh, Paul Newman's move toward facial hair and then his move away from it during the drowning pool uh, was a signifier of a lot of the activities that were going on in the 70s at the same time. It was a corollary. Robert Redford's 30s hair is in fact 1970s hair, and it's as bitchin' as it can be. His hair, to me, has a place in the movie Hall of Fame, which is located nowhere here in Hollywood, and by the time we get to this picture, 1976, you need to know two things. Robert Redford's hair purchased this movie. Uh, for $450,000, uh, the, the book came out by Woodward and Bernstein, who are now unwatchable crones. But the point is, at one point in American history, they combined to be Nellie Bly, and thereby uh, exposing something that needed to be exposed, which was the utter corruption of an emperor run amad living in an imperial White House with paranoid, delusional tendencies. Um, uh, if there's an analogy to be drawn, it's only simply that we don't have the hair power now to defeat the evil that we see. Where are you, Robert Redford? A nation turns its lonely eyes to you. I love Rachel Maddow, but she needs a mad restyling. Wear a collar, your neck is really long. It's elegant. A choker, something. Am I wrong, pearls? I don't know, I know it's crazy. She's not that femi. If you were gonna bring down a president who'd been in the Congress, had been a vice president, had been 
privy to every secret decision made post-World War II for years and was a very powerful uh, anti-communist, uh, 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 anti-everything, you know everything, humanityist as the uh, Republican Party. Let me just generalize for a second here. In my lifetime, uh, the Republican presidents have been uh, Richard Nixon, <laughs> uh, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, Herbert Walker, Walker, and now the Kremlin-controlled carrot. Sweet potato Stalin. Mango Mussolini, Benito Cheeto, the Tangerine Tyrant, Orange Julius Caesar, Adolf Twitler. Papaya Pinochet, Naraha Noriega, Oompa Loompa Oligarch, the one I'm talking about. The differences are marked in several respects. One, uh, as someone pointed out on uh, the Twitter the other day, when the movie is made of this, there's only going to be two black roles, Amorosa and Ben Carson. <laughs> and I pity the fool. Uh, and the other differences, of course, Nixon, uh, for all of his alcoholism, for all of his paranoia, for all of his retribution, for all of his vindictive personality traits, for all of his unbelievably demanding white supremacy, he um, had a legal mind and was edumacated and knew uh, things like policy and history and how the government worked and how voting worked in Congress and all sorts of interesting things now that are basically trivia. Uh, uh, We've graduated uh, uh, by taking the elevator through the basement and uh, crawling into the core of the earth now uh, to uh, a, 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 a subterranean troglodyte uh, existence where no knowledge is necessary and no defense of your uh, transgressions is necessary. You simply uh, defer, deflect, project, and deny. Um, 45 Today uh, said on television, uh, we're recording this in uh, July of 2017, for those of you listening in the future. Because <laughs> it will be hard to believe. Um, Orange 45 Today in a press conference about healthcare said, eventually we'll accomplish something. <laughs> now, when you think about the things that different presidents have quipped, like for instance, John F. Kennedy said, don't ask what you can do for your country. Uh, what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And FDR said, "We have nothing to fear but fear itself." And Abraham Lincoln said, "I appeal to, uh, with malice toward none." And uh, uh, gee whiz, Nixon said, "I am not a crook." And Orange Forty Five said, "Eventually, we'll accomplish something." I don't know when I've been more reassured. Not since LBJ said, I have his pecker in my pocket. <laughs> have I strode more manfully down the hallways of Los Angeles? Uh, absolutely, almost glutinous uh, with the uh, knowledge that everything was going to be okay because the person in charge had a firm hand on the tiller of the nation to guide us through the tumultuous, comprehensive, black, oily, roiling ocean that we face. And so we come to this film. Uh, I'm glad you've come here tonight. I don't know why I'm holding the mic like a supervillain. <laughs> it's occurred to me as well. There's a lot of fricatives and plosives, a lot of peas popping, uh, and this is going to go out on the air, I guarantee you, before the week is done, before Friday is seen. Um, this one will drop. Uh, 
I just wanted to say another, Jennifer, uh, of course, chose this film tonight for its salient qualities and also uh, gave me this piece of information today. Um, the chart, let's see here. Uh, this is a chart of executive branch criminal activities by presidential administration. Um, Barack Obama, eight years in office, zero indictments, zero convictions, zero sentences. George W. Bush, eight years in office, 16 indictments, 16 convictions, nine sentences. Bill Clinton, eight years in office, two indictments, one conviction, one sentence. H.W., four uh, years in office, one indictment. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Richard Nixon, 5.6 years. There's an interesting term of office. <laughs> Which fictional country are you president of? Sparrow Numania? All of this occurred when I was a child, uh, from the age of eight to the age of 13. Uh, and then this picture came out when I was 16 in high school. And I remember a lot of things about when I was 16. I was kidnapped and taken to breakfast. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Now the idea of kidnapping someone is, of course, unwholesome. But in the 70s, it was hilarious. <laughs> I was rested from my bed and my jam jams. Uh, and no, I wasn't wearing Star Wars jam jams. It was too early. Uh, I wouldn't have anyway, because I'm not that person. I, I would have had Joni Mitchell Hajara jam jams on. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, and then we were taken to a coffee shop downtown where I was forced to eat in my jammies. And uh, that was a, a, an hilarious thing people did in the 70s. We also uh, didn't always wear our seatbelts. And uh, I remember going to Jack in the Box, or as we so hilariously called it in San Carlos, California, where I grew up, the smallest, whitest place on the earth, home of the, fa home of the Plain Yogurt Festival. <laughs> where One Direction is found in the hip-hop section. <laughs> That's how white it is. Uh, we were driving to Jack in the Crack, and uh, in my friend uh, Skip's uh, gigantic uh, station wagon, and uh, we, we did not have uh, utility vehicles that were for sport. We had wagons that stopped at a station, sometimes with wood on the side, to give you that rustic feel. In the 70s, we were still deluding ourselves that somehow this consarned engine wasn't going to start until I hand crank it or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why we had wood on the side of uh, uh, station wagons, but we did. And uh, uh, we were heading for Jack in the Crack, and we made a short stop, and um, uh, I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. And I was, uh, we hit the car in front of us, and I was flung into the windshield of the car and smashed my head pretty hard. And um, my back's never quite been the same. Of course, we didn't go to the hospital or anything. It was the 70s. Here's the, what happened in the 70s. Indoor smoking, indiscriminate conquest fucking, oblivion drinking, and everyone was thin. Good night. I don't want to say my decade was better than your fucking decade. If you had a tattoo, you worked at a carnival, or you had been in the Merchant Marine. Bum, 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 bum. I saw Chuck Berry at Stanford University in 1976. He wasn't the headliner. He was opening for someone, and I can't remember who. It was a thousand degrees that day at Stanford, and Chuck Berry wore a purple Kiana shirt and white polyester bell bottoms. And he said, uh, we're gonna do some oldies, then we're gonna do some golden oldies, then we're gonna do some moldy oldies. Oh yeah, he did. And then, 
I don't know if you know anything about the 70s, but Chuck Berry had a hit in the 70s called My Dingaling. Which was what we would describe now, if I was writing for one of the rock blogs, as a song about onanism. I'll make it more clear since no one in this crowd has ever read the Bible. And I went Old Testament on you just there. it was like the divinal song. Let me put it that way. It was a song about self uh, pleasuration. And uh, he divided the crowd and made the girls sing one part and the guys sing another part. Yeah, thank you. A lot of you are thinking, how does this tie in with all the president's men? And a lot of me up here are thinking, um, get your own fucking podcast. <laughs> For reals. Uh, Thank you for your patience tonight, by the way. I realized that the line at the concession stand was um, obstruse. It was big. It was uh, punishing. It was um, when Russia, uh, in their early days, when we used to have to hear about ballerinas at the Kirov standing in line for four hours to buy a carrot and whatnot. Now, of course, they wait 15 minutes and they have an audience with the highest office in the land where they're allowed to work their vicious will and, uh, and, and hack and strew and, and create chaos and mayhem. But let me take you back to a gentler time uh, when smoking indoors was not only encouraged, there were cigarette machines that didn't have palm oils in them. And thank you. It occurs to me now that I should probably try to win you over with humor at the same time I'm bound by an oath I took to CineFamily when I took this gig in 2004 or whenever CineFamily opened Uh, they're having their 10th anniversary this October and November uh, CineFamily that means they've been open one person applauded so again the enthusiasm that Cine family has been able to engender over the years. Thank you. Let's not get patronizing. I'm as excited as you are. I mean, you know, with more sang foie and cooler, obviously, but I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make ZD that night. Right, and bring it to the show. Uh, there's two things that uh, are most important about the 70s, um, neither of which have anything to do with the movie tonight, but we'll get to that in a second. One is Glenda Jackson and the other is Faye Dunaway. Um, if you are going to learn anything about the 70s and you want to read a history book, don't. Just watch every Glenda Jackson movie and every Faye Dunaway movie, and that'll explain to you. But a lot of them are costume dramas that take place in the 16th century. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) We're having a costume drama now where uh, the leader of the free world uh, is no longer American. It's a small German lady. Uh, Yeah. And uh, Orange 45, our titular uh, head, until furtherwise removed, um, tapes his tie to his shirt. Hitler is uh, often disparaged for a variety of reasons, almost all of which are valid. (laughs) 
But there's one thing that the Nazi regime cannot be faulted on, and that's that Hugo Boss designed the living crap out of their uniforms. <laughs> and no one cellophane taped their tie to their uniform in those days. Also, their hair didn't fly up when Chopper One came by to embarrass them on the world stage. Here's the thing that's cogent. Dustin Hoffman went for a mullet in this movie. I don't know if he was thinking about lesbian tennis stars. I don't know if he was thinking about the group Wings. After Paul McCarthy was in the Beatles, he was in a group called Wings, and they wore long-sleeved tuxedo shirts and mullets, and sometimes did this in videos. The double thumbs up. Next to disco guns, there's nothing really that has made more tragic things happen in the history, the long storied, horrible history of humankind than the thumbs up and the disco guns. Um, I'm not certain why Dustin went this way. He's in a lot of outstanding 70s movies. My understanding is that Robert Redford actually wanted Al Pacino at the outset which would have been wild, because the idea of him going, Nixon's guilty, is like, <laughs> when your mom makes you that favorite thing, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh God, that smell. I just, I'm, I'm nine. He wouldn't have, of course, in 76, because this was before the, uh, with justice for all years. In 76, Al Pacino was idling in a drive-by in Encino. The crowd's gone quiet. How do you know that, Greg? I'm privy to information. <laughs> Why did you read the statistics before about uh, convictions in the Nixon administration and all of the other administrations? One, to make a very clear goddamn point. Um, people who uh, take it upon themselves to vote for third parties and people who uh, get the notion that their white privilege allows them to vote uh, for people who aren't women, um, really give me a pain in my tuchus. And I have no fucking time whatsoever uh, to relitigate any of that. Um, if everyone had done what they know they needed to do and vote for the most qualified person that ever stood for office who happened to be a woman, then we wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now. If uh, George Wallace had not stood for president in 1968. Uh, we wouldn't be watching this movie right now. We would be building a bridge made out of pink unicorns and rubbing each other with emollients made of butterscotch that we've extracted from the endocrine glands of certain ferrets. We would be smoking marijuana that had been legal for 25 years at this point. And I would not be a white guy up here. Know that. Know that about decisions that get made in this country. This country was built on a history of bondage and slavery. And this movie barks and speaks at what white supremacy can do for a corrupt official when they reach the highest office in the land. The reason why we're showing it tonight is it is a highlight ball ricocheting out of the pelota and off the court into the net. Uh, of your consciousness. You know exactly what's going on right now and you know exactly what needs to be done. Um, 
when this picture came out, it came out the same year as Rocky, and Rocky was the biggest picture of the year and won the Academy Award. Um, Jason Robards won the Oscar in this movie, and you will thrill to him in this picture. Um, this movie's top-heavy with character actors. At one point, the movie bends over and falls underwater like the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> because you're like, really, Jack Warden? Um, but also uh, know this about uh, 1976. Uh, uh, we had an election and uh, uh, Gerald Ford, who had been appointed president. You think things are fucked up now? Nixon left office, chose a vice president, right? Because Nelson, he had a, 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 a Spiro Agnew, uh, Spiro Agnew, yes. And then Gerald Ford was elected vice president and then was president so no one had voted for him for president, you see. And then... Ford was never elected. No, he was never elected. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, he wasn't uh, a president. Uh, he wasn't running, standing for vice president in 72. He was not elected. He was appointed after Agnew was um, uh, 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 thrown out and for his corruption. Then, so he pardoned Nixon uh, after Watergate happened. So Nixon never really had to do anything except go to San Clemente, which if any of you have ever been there, know is punishment enough. <laughs> the one thing Southern California is rife with is right-wing beach communities. <laughs> so he would walk along the sand in his suit with his cufflinks in his, in his formal shoes and shit like that, because that's Nixon in a nutshell. Uh, then Ford stood against uh, Jimmy Carter in 1976. And if you think that uh, people were delusional now, uh, are delusional now, in a debate against uh, Jimmy, James Earl Carter, uh, Gerald Ford was asked about um, the Russian satellite countries in the Eastern Europe, which were highly extant in those days. Russia was controlling Eastern Europe. And he went, I don't think they are. I don't think that Russia controls Eastern Europe. And Jimmy <laughs> Carter went like this on the dais. And <laughs> The moderator went, would you like to rephrase that, President Ford? And he went, no, I don't think that Russia controls the countries in the Eastern Europe. And the moderator went, would you like to try again? <laughs> there was actually two extra tries on it. And Ford, in an orange 45-ian manner, went, no, I stand by my answer. Because he was from Michigan, you see. On the other hand, his wife might have been one of the most vital first ladies, uh, Betty, um, unforgettable in American culture for a thousand reasons, uh, but notwithstanding the fact that she was pro-choice and adored her children. Uh, and I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll defend Betty Ford. Um, what are you getting at? Here's the point. Is there a point? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> None of this is new, and uh, 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 none of this is uh, uh, undoable. You must wake up each morning with hope in your heart, um, because uh, the evil that men do, as they say, is often turred with their bones. Uh, when Nixon passed away, uh, Jefferson Clinton gave him a giant eulogy because of the statesmanlike things he did. When Benito Cheeto passes away, my guess is it'll be like Mardi Gras mixed with Brazil 
<laughs> Mixed with a Greek wedding for like a year. I don't think you'll be able to wipe confetti out of your eyes. And I don't think you'll be able to put down free drinks that are being offered you for at least 12 months. And I don't think you can say that about any other president. The expectation that we have uh, upon the demise of Orange 45 is one of unbridled ecstasy. And that is what gets me up every morning. That and grape nuts. Thank you, I just wanted to say grape nuts. No one's eaten them in 15 years. And, and, and of course, uh, knowing that uh, uh, people are fighting every day and that um, we can uh, undo this. Uh, great wrongs can be undid. Um, James Earl Carter, when he was elected, uh, took office in uh, January of 77. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we have a historian out in the crowd tonight. <laughs> Since Mr. Schlesinger hasn't weighed in, I'll carry on with my sentence here. <laughs> The first motion picture that he watched at the White House was All the President's Men. And I give it to you now from 1976, Alan J. Pakula's All the President's Men.